Welcome to Intuitive Seek. My name is Mary Treen, and every week I aim to bring you a grounded approach to all things intuition. Through personal stories, experiences, and practices, offering energetic reflections to help you discover, connect, and fully realize how your unique power of intuition is your own greatest teacher. Hello, everyone. Welcome back, or welcome, to Intuitive Seek. It's so lovely to be in your ears on whichever day this happens to come upon you, but thank you so much for spending your time with me. I appreciate it immensely. So grateful. So thank you. And today it was quite interesting because I had a few technical difficulties, nothing too crazy, but a few of them right before I was starting to record. And I really felt into it. I was like, okay, is this just like what I was talking about last week where I'm pushing and maybe this is just not supposed to happen today, but it's the way I want it to go. And I felt that it was the day I was supposed to do it. And sometimes there is a few technical difficulties, but that's okay. And I thought, well, sometimes things just take time, but I don't feel like I'm forcing it. It just feels like one of those days. So I figured it out and it was working now. And so we're all good. But I picked up my computer. It was on a little stand and I had to pick it up to move it. And underneath, I found two fortunes that I had saved from who knows when from fortune cookies. And there was two of them just kind of stuck in under this plastic covering that is over the stand that I have. And it's amazing because the two fortunes were Rome was not built in a day. Be patient. And then the other one was don't give up. The best is yet to come. So those are like literal messages for me for today. Those were perfect. (laughs) That's exactly what I needed to read and hear. And since they are right where I record this for all of you to hear, I thought, well, these are probably some words that will resonate with a few of you as well. So I'll say them one more time because they're great. I mean, they definitely are cliches but they're cliches for a reason and they're specific. So one more time, Rome was not built in a day. Be patient and don't give up. The best is yet to come. So two pretty good messages, a little reminder tucked in, tucked away by my past self, but totally served my present self and hopefully some of you as well. So today I really felt kind of moved and called to speak about self-care, but how it's connected to developing your intuition and that connecting to your intuition is probably the largest form of self-care you can do. And I wanted to speak about this because I was thinking about the difference between self-care and self-help. 
Like, what is the difference? Self-help had a huge trend and breakthrough over the past, like, what, 30, 40 years. And I've heard a lot of people kind of use self-care and self-help interchangeably, but they're very different to me. Like, self-help is really, in my eyes, about fixing ourselves. That is kind of the crux of self-help, right? Like, it's more about fixing something about your life from the outside in, rather than from the inside, where the care comes in, in my opinion. Like, self-help to me is more of how to lose weight, more how-tos, how to lose weight, how to find the man or woman of your dreams, how to get rich quick, you know, all the things that we feel could change our lives. You know, it's those things that we say to ourselves, oh, if only I was thinner, if only I had a partner or a better partner, if only I had more money, if only I had a different job then I would be happy. And of course, all of those things on the surface, you would think would make you happy. Like, wouldn't life be easier if you had more money? If your body was accepted by our societal norms? If you had the care and love of a partner? For sure. But... I don't actually think that's true. Because what I've personally understood what self-care is, is it's more about slowing down, kind of tuning in to our needs, and connecting to what needs of ours would really be filled by losing weight, having more money, having a different job because there's the obvious ones like, Oh, well I could, you know, wear the clothes that I've always wanted to wear or not be self-conscious in a swimsuit. I would be able to go on any vacation I want to go on because I have the money for it. I wouldn't have to stress or worry about my finances as much, but I feel like when we focus on fixing ourselves from the outside in that goalpost of what needs to be fixed can move very quickly when you acquire what you think you wanted, then all of a sudden we want more. And I feel that that is one of the reasons that that is true. For me, I've definitely experienced that myself, is because there's no foundation. There's no true foundation of worth. Like when I thought that a certain amount of money saved or a certain amount of weight lost or a certain job title would make me happy, it didn't. And this is an old story, meaning I've heard it from many different people that, well, you know, more money, more problems. That's what they say. (laughs) But I think that the... The reason that self-help is kind of focused on creating our worth 
from outside is because it's kind of the, the quick route. It's fast. But then our satisfaction and our worth is also fleeting. Right? So it's also not real at the end of the day. Like it's not real. It's almost a game that we play with ourselves. Constant development from the outside in. I mean, there's so many analogies you can make, but I'm even thinking of if there's an old house and it's not stable on the bottom, I don't believe you can just keep putting new bricks and new walls and new structures on top because if the the foundation isn't steady, it's all going to fall. It's going to collapse. It's not going to stay. It's not going to stay whole. And so true self-care, not just, even though they're very good, not just beautiful baths, not just spending time reading or, you know, eating a really delicious piece of chocolate. Those are beautiful things to do for ourselves. Like I cannot not have a bath almost every day. It's my favorite thing. But true self-care has a long lasting effect. And that's why with self-care, caring for ourselves, it's important to reach out and ask for help and being vulnerable. Like a lot of self-care is actually allowing someone else to take care of us. And maybe you can relate to not feeling comfortable receiving help. And I found that is a common thread that goes through with myself and with my clients as well. Like when you are feeling called to connect back to your intuition in a real yearning for, you know, finding your, your true self and finding your purpose, a lot of times that can also come with being more of a caretaker, being more of someone who likes to give and not be on the receiving end because it can feel really vulnerable, right? It can feel very, very vulnerable. But you need to be vulnerable if you want to do anything worthwhile in your life. That's what I found. Of course, there's places where it's not really safe to be vulnerable, but to be able to connect to that vulnerability in ourselves, it's like taking your mask off. It's like just being who you were meant to be. Then you can really listen to your intuition and you can start to understand how it is speaking to you. And that's when you get some beautiful clarity. Like that's when you can start to really trust your inner guidance because you know that you are being honest with yourself. So anything that you really feel is true. And maybe that sounds 
obvious. But it's something that I didn't practice or do or understand. I thought if somebody could just tell me my purpose, could teach me, you know, the five steps to waking up my intuition, my intuitive gifts, then it would be easy. But it's, it's not how it works. I don't, I don't believe so. I haven't seen it work like that. And I'm sorry that it doesn't work like that because that would be so awesome. Although then you would really miss out on all of the amazing discovery and just the, the journey of it. I wish there was another word for it, but really it is a journey. But self-care is a tricky subject. It's something that I didn't fully understand and I'm still learning about. So I'm sure if you are hearing the word self-care a lot, some of the times it can be a little confusing and seem like a marketing trick. But at the core of it, it is so important and such, such a key to developing our intuition and really trusting it. Because self-care is really about protecting our energy, protecting our authenticity and our integrity by being able to say no when you want to, by not beating yourself up or feeling guilty for not doing or not being or not agreeing with the same things as someone else you love even, or even just somebody that you work with or an acquaintance. A lot of times we will kind of betray ourselves, which may feel like a dramatic word, but if you aren't being true to yourself for the benefit of somebody else, that's a form of self-betrayal. And that kind of breaks your heart a little bit. And self-care is about allowing ourselves, from what I feel and what I've seen the most beneficial, is it's about allowing ourselves to feel our emotions, our full spectrum of emotions, the full breadth. And maybe that's why, or part of the reason, why it is so challenging to make time for ourselves, to care for ourselves, to even feel like we're worthy of it, or that we're doing it enough. Or maybe it's even confusing to know what it is and why. Or maybe it feels a little bit selfish or even maybe a little bit embarrassing to be caring for ourselves. So much self-care. But those are, those are more judgments. And maybe it's because self-care isn't always comfortable. And I became quite fascinated with the word care over the past little while, thinking about and kind of pondering, okay, why is self-care so big right now? Like, and why do people equate self-help and self-care as the same thing? And when I looked really deeply into the word care, the original meaning was cry and grief. And then it evolved into the more positive care that we know today. But now that I work with energy, especially the energy of the emotional body, 
I really feel that the root word, the meaning, the original meanings of words are the charge and the emotion and the attention, intention of a word. And maybe in a way that word kind of carries the charge of the original feeling of why it was created. So if I only take baths and get massages or, you know, decompress and watch reality TV as self-care, even though those are all fantastic and fun things to do, there might be kind of a misalignment that I feel in my body that I'm not even aware of because intentionally caring for myself and for ourselves can bring up a lot of unexpected emotions. Instead of that kind of calm, relaxing spa experience that a lot of self-care can sound like, true caring for ourselves can bring up a lot of sadness and grief and loneliness and sometimes anger and even guilt or resentment because that solid foundation of care, that comfort and safety and worth, that may be waiting. That could be like the gold waiting under all of those important emotions. And we're human, like we're human beings, but we're very complicated beings. And if that swirl of emotions that are not the most fun to feel, if we don't pay attention to them and we don't witness them, then they can really start to morph into other ways for us to pay attention to them. To remind us, we need to care for ourselves because a lot of times we can just force forward or convince ourselves that what we're doing is the right thing for us to do. But maybe it's not. And that's when our emotions will call attention to it. And it's not just being emotional or sensitive. There's a reason for them. And that's your intuition speaking to you through those amazing, deep, uncomfortable feelings. Like, I remember right kind of at the, towards the end of my corporate career, I was having a lot of feelings of frustration, like I've spoken about many times, a lot of anger. And towards the end, it was interesting because I had more clarity on that I wanted to leave and do something else. I had already discovered the energy work that I do and started really tuning in to my intuition and merging the two. But then it became almost more tolerable. Maybe almost like losing steam at the end of a marathon. I started extinguishing those feelings because I allowed 
my mind to start to rationalize why it wasn't that bad that I had discovered that I did want to do something else. I'd found part of it, part of my purpose. So why do I have to just like run towards it? Why do I have to leave this nice place with nice people? What's wrong with me? Like, why, why do I feel like I deserve to be fully in control of my time? Because there wasn't that many people that I knew that were. And I started, it's, it's like I trusted my intuition to a certain point, but then the trust ran out and I started double guessing and second guessing and really making excuses for myself to not trust my emotions, but instead actually undermine them, judge them, and ultimately, if I would have followed it fully, stayed exactly where I was, where I was unhappy and feeling incredible dissatisfaction every day. But luckily, I had this experience where my intuition spoke to me in a very unusual way, some a way that Maybe I wouldn't have even noticed if I wasn't becoming more aware. Maybe I would have chalked it up to bad luck and kind of continued on my way. So again, I was in the final stretch of moving out of my corporate job, career into a career that I loved, more of my calling, right? Part of my purpose, which I hope everybody is able to find in their lifetime. So I'm at work. I'm at my job. I've decided that I want to leave. I found what I wanted to do, but it's that final stretch, that kind of final stretch of road where I'm offered so many detours to just go back the way I came. That's how it really felt because I was okay. I remember the day I was feeling okay and I was second guessing why I wanted to change everything. I had a very good salary. I had nice people. I was about to go on this lovely work lunch and everything was kind of so okay that I was convincing myself that I was okay, that I wasn't unhappy, that my frustration was maybe just me. So I go to the lunch, it's a lovely restaurant, we are all sitting around having a beautiful meal. And I remember thinking to myself, again, what is wrong with me? I'm being very self-centered. This has got to be just kind of like a almost midlife crisis. This is fine. Like, I can just do things outside of work. Like, this is just what people do. Like, this is why they call it work. You're not going to love it all the time. That's why you get paid for it. Like, why would you ever get paid for something that you want to do? I was really hearing all of that inside of me, totally just burying my intuition and my true inner self. It was gone and I was building myself up on this very weak foundation of 
lies, <laughs> of rationalizing lies to keep me where I was. So I remember I was eating the salad. It was like a Mediterranean salad and everybody was talking and I was like, oh, this is good. There's like a nice roasted red pepper in there and a really beautiful like lemony vinaigrette with some gorgeous keepers. Like I can really fully remember. And everybody was talking and I took a bite. They were just talking about work and, you know, doing some planning. And I put the fork in my mouth and I was about to chew. And then I felt like not pain, but something that could cause pain. It was not food and it felt sharp. And I took it out of my mouth and everybody's still talking. Nobody's noticing. I think there's only like eight of us at the table, but this is what corporate life is like. People don't really pay attention to each other. So everybody's talking and I'm pulling out a literal piece of glass out of my mouth and I'm holding it. And I remember feeling so embarrassed. Like that was the first feeling that came to mind. And embarrassment can be a feeling that comes up when we are truly being seen, when we're being vulnerable. And that piece of glass that almost hurt me very badly, like I could have swallowed it, I could have cut my mouth up, like, well, I'm sure you can imagine what eating glass would do. But after the embarrassment, I immediately felt and heard and knew in the deepest part of my being that I needed to leave this job and this career that if I stayed because it seemed like the right thing to do or for any of the, the countless reasons that were coming up that I was rationalizing out of fear and out of all of the things that we've spoken about that were just totally going against what I knew in my heart and in my soul. That if I did, then it could really break me apart. It could tear me up. It could cut me deeply and badly. Like I really felt like the glass was more of a metaphor too, but it really woke me up. It did. And that was the day. That was the day that I decided, okay, I'm leaving. I'm not staying. After that day, it wasn't about if I was going to leave if I was going to not work in a job or a career that didn't align with myself towards what I was supposed to be doing. It wasn't about if anymore. It was really about when, when I was going to. So it created, even though it was like a really scary experience, that glass that almost hurt me very badly, it was this physical message that I needed to stop questioning my feelings and whether I could trust what my intuition was asking me to do. And that's what consistent self-care can do. It can really allow us to trust our feelings and follow them to where they're guiding us. And I now know that with that consistent self-care, you won't need to be pulled back 
to yourself through unfortunate events or physical pains that nobody can really figure out why you have them because you will finally be giving yourself the attention and true care that you deserve and that serves your purpose. So this week, maybe try to care for yourself a little bit more. Really listen to yourself and witness and appreciate those tough emotions. Because when you do, you'll be surprised at how fast and more clear your connection to your intuition becomes. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Intuitive Seek. Please reach out to me with any questions or if you want to share anything that may have come up for you during this episode, you can follow and message me on Instagram at treenlight, T-R-E-E-N-L-I-G-H-T, or email me at hellotreenlight at gmail.com. You can also check out my website, treenlight.com, where you can learn more about my work and how I can support you. And if you feel called to leave a review, iTunes loves a five-star review to help other people find this podcast, and that would be very generous. I am so grateful for the beautiful reviews that I've received and the kind words of people reaching out. So thank you again for taking the time to listen. Be kind to yourself, and I'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.